Previously on See You in Another Life, brothers. Hey, hey, bro, can I ask you a favor? Yeah, what's up? I got this weird cut on my back. Can you stitch me up? What the heck? When did that happen? I don't know. I woke up like this. I think someone might be trying to steal my kidney. Well, that's messed up. Yeah, I am bleeding a lot. So if you could stitch me up, that'd be great. Stitch you up? No, go to a doctor. Please. I'll tell you a weird story about how I conquered fear one time if you do it. Why would that make me want to do it? I don't know. I think the blood loss is kind of getting to me. Dude, go to a doctor. Dang it, Kate. Run. Hey, everyone, and welcome to See You in Another Life, Brothers, a show about Lost. Rewatching Lost specifically, my name is Joe Betcher. Um, I am a Lost fan, and joining me, as always, is the host, the, the co-host with the mo-host, not the host with the mo-host, co-host with the mo-host, because I'm also a host, um, Andy! Hello! I am here. I- I'm so glad to hear my um, uh, the name that they call me on the streets, uh, the co-host with the mo-host. Um, yep. yep, and I am also a fan of the show Lost. Uh, glad to be talking about it, and yeah, excited to dive into Pilot Part 1. Yes, that is what we were talking about on this episode. This actually the the official first episode of the show. I guess we could call the last episode we did episode zero, because this <laughs> is episode one um and uh, yes we will be talking about pilot part one um not pilot part two that's coming Mm -hmm. later um we'll get into that but uh yeah there's so much good stuff in pilot part one we couldn't we just have to focus on that first before we get into pilot part two let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here right of course of course so yes um pilot part one lost um just a fantastic pilot i'll get that out of the way up top it's just i mean (laughs) it uh, the thing about it is um it's just so you think about the pilot of lost and we'll get into this in a minute it it the there's so many iconic elements of it um that uh so memorable um there's other episode other shows um when i think about what was the pilot like you know, maybe things don't always spring to mind as clearly as Lost, because Lost pilot, the eye opening, him in the jungle, all that, um, just iconic. Oh yeah, I mean that was the it. It feels like a a, a cliche almost, but uh, to say just like iconic throughout all this stuff. But that was the word that just kept coming up to mind, uh, especially the first, you know, two minutes of the episode. Just Jack waking up in the jungle the eye opening the mm-hmm. the trees the music just everything that's just become something that you know you could you could show a shot of an eye opening at the beginning of an episode of something and people will only be able to think of lost or even just mm-hmm. an eye opening shot in something um it just brings that scene to mind um it's so ingrained yeah. in in tv culture and and movies you know just media um such a such an awesome opening for sure 
Yeah. But. Well, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves talking about the opening because I think we should give a little in- background on the episode before we we dive into that. So Lost uh, Pilot Part 1, um, just a little background. This thing aired September 22nd, 2004. Very memorable mm-hmm. date. It's our parents' wedding anniversary. Fun fact. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, it's. I love the fact that this is such a small detail, but um, I mean, it, it's it's significant for the series because it, it takes place so much in like 2004, early 2005 or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I just love the fact that the plane crashes on September 22nd, 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's the episode. That's the date that it aired. I just think that's so cool. It made it like an event. Um, the fact that this is premiering on the day that the show is technically beginning. Um, I just think that's a really cool element of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just fun that they use that. So, yeah. Yeah. They had to, they had to establish that they were in that, in the time because time becomes mm-hmm. so crucial later in the series, of course. But yeah, that is neat that it's, that is the day it crashed officially, on the mm-hmm. show that's the day it started so it's just a very important date um whenever the 22nd rolls around september 22nd i always think it's mom and dad's anniversary but it's also lost you know also lost, lost. also yep. lost <laughs> yeah um yeah speaking of our mom she was the one who was actually watching on this date we weren't watching oh yeah, when yeah. this thing first aired september 22nd 2004 she was um little background on us we didn't start watching until i think probably midway through season one um mm-hmm. when it was airing um but she was the one who started watching it first and um said well this is an interesting show and uh, so we are forever in her debt because she was the one who got us into lost so of course yeah we yeah. we have to mention that right up front yeah i think i i think i yeah just kind of randomly would come in sometimes when when she was watching it or when you guys were watching it i think if I remember right, the first episode I watched entirely with you guys was, uh, I think I watched all of the finale of season one. Um, for some reason that just sticks in my mind. Um, so I was really, I I think I got into the show pretty much like as a rewatch of season one, once, whenever we were able to do that. Um, but yeah, anyway, thank you, mom for giving that to us yeah mom if you're listening we are forever grateful um, (laughs) for that yeah um but yeah i i think it might have been for some reason i always think it might have been like numbers like late in season one the hurley episode that Mm. i started watching maybe when it was airing but it could have been the the finale it might have been for both of us i don't know but yeah yeah somewhere in there i know for me for some reason just them going to the uh, the black rock and seeing the ship um, was just like, Oh wow. This is really interesting. You know I mean? Like they're on an Island, but there's a ship in the middle of the, you know, all that stuff. But, um, yeah. but yeah, uh, as far as history of, or background of, of the pilot episode, um, this is, I mean, this was a crazy thing for ABC, like to, mm-hmm. to get a show this successful, um, something that, uh, I, uh, only found out recently that I thought was so interesting, um, is that the, the guy who had the original idea for Lost was, mm-hmm. uh, Lloyd Braun, who mm-hmm. was like the head of, 
um, I think he was like chairman of ABC. So like, like the top, you know, like one of the guys who was like, it was his job to, you know, kind of be one of the people who pitched ideas for shows. He didn't make them, but he was the one who gave ideas and greenlit different things. But he had this idea um, when he and a bunch of other people from ABC were meeting and discussing like what, what are everyone needs to pitch like three ideas and we'll just see what comes out of this meeting. And one of his ideas that he was excited about was something like a, a mix of castaway and survivor. Hmm. Um, and it, it was basically like Gilligan's Island, like all of those. Um, but for today, um, and everyone was kind of like, that's a terrible idea. Um, and he, but then he, I forget they, they, they passed it along and somehow someone else at the meeting was like, you know, I actually liked that. What if we continued with it? And it's, it, it grew and eventually they got, um, JJ Abrams involved and he was able to make it creative. And anyway, all of this stuff happened with this show until the point where Lloyd Braun, the guy who had the original idea, greenlit the pilot when they basically only had an outline for the script, like no one does that. No one green lights something when it's only just this outline. Apparently it was an amazing outline Mm -hmm. that JJ Abrams and Damon Lindelof were working on. But all that to say he green lights this pilot and gives them like $13 million. I forget. We were looking at the figure before the most expensive pilot ever made. Uh-huh. And then he was basically forced out of his job because he greenlit that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this poor guy, Lloyd Braun, comes up with the idea for Lost. You know, I mean, like gives gives the initial idea for it. Greenlights this episode that kind of needed to be really expensive to happen. Um, gets forced out of his job because of it. And then all of that produced basically abc's most successful series at that point (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that poor guy um i can't even imagine how he would feel but um it's it sounds like he had some some pretty uh uh positive outlooks on it i read an interview with him and everything just to see about that but um anyway uh thank you lloyd braun for giving us (laughs) what we have um, yeah. I, I think as a way to include him in the series beyond that point, um, a little bit of lost trivia. He's actually the guy who says previously on lost at the uh-huh. beginning of all the episodes. So they, they wanted to include him somehow. Um, and I, I, th- I don't know who came up with that idea, but they asked him if he would do it. And at first he was like, ah, I don't know, but, um, because it meant a lot to him, the fact that he was at part of that process of getting it on TV. He decided he wanted to just go ahead and do something, but he didn't want it like super well known, but eventually it, it, it got out, you know? So, um, Lloyd, you, the real MVP. That's what I'll say about that. That guy, he's a hero, but yeah, yeah, it, it is an ambitious idea. I mean, you think about trying to do what they're, this show, I mean, on network television, it's cinematic what they did with this pilot, like the like $14 million or whatever mm-hmm. to create this. And it really shows, of course, when we get into the episode, because it's just an amazing pilot. I mean, can you imagine watching this? You, you're used to like a like a detective show, a Law and Order or something on TV back in 2004, and you turn 
the channel and suddenly on ABC you got this movie and you're going, wait, mm-hmm. are they showing a movie on in prime time? But no, it's this is a show. Um, and yeah. it shows. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, there's there's a lot of shows where, you know, you can really see the budget showing through with like CGI and things like that. I mean, this like every the explosion of like the the turbine at the beginning of the episode, like all that stuff. It mm-hmm. it looks great. I mean, it, yeah. you know, for 2004 on network TV, for it to look as good as it looks is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, yeah. It, yeah. I always think of the pilot as feeling like a movie. Yeah. Um, it's just mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It gave me chills watching it again this time going through. I get, we'll get into that. But yeah, watching that intro, he gives you chills. You're almost, I mean, I'm like, this is just too good. It, mm-hmm. It's like, we don't... <laughs> did we deserve a, a pilot this great for a show that, you know, <laughs> eventually people would pan. Um, they, they, mm-hmm. and it paid off in that first episode with the 18 million viewers would point that out or whatever. How many? Oh yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Returning to it. And after not having watched it for a while, um, just the, the care that went into the whole episode, you know I mean? Like, cinematography the music um mm-hmm. is phenomenal uh, yeah. the, the music automatically feels like something different from the rest of tv you know mm-hmm. the, as good as the music is um i feel like that's something that doesn't often uh i don't know uh, there there are some shows that have iconic soundtracks and then a lot of other i feel like a lot of dramas have maybe some themes that you might recognize but like uh you don't think of the music from them very often but for lost there are themes that if you really liked the show you can hum you you can mm-hmm. think of them in your head right away dun, dun, um dun, 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 dun. i can't do that though because we can't afford the Sorry. <laughs> michael giacchino's gonna get us um <laughs> please no. <laughs> but yeah i mean it's just uh that's one thing where that gave it especially a cinematic feel uh, mm-hmm. to me the the way the music worked throughout the episode but yeah just imagine trying to watch lost without the music Ugh. i mean think about an episode with it would be i mean it would be fine it, it would be like the acting i mean getting into the acting tremendous acting we'll talk about that mm-hmm. but uh the music it makes the show a hundred percent without it it's mm-hmm. not nearly as good so yeah yeah yep, yep. yep. and while we're uh, you know still talking about uh, things that are in the in the realm of you know behind the scenes. I think if I remember correct, I haven't seen the any of the behind the scenes stuff for the music recently. But if I remember right from watching the DVDs and stuff back in the day, um, I think they used like literally pieces of like the fuselage like set mm-hmm. for some of the percussion for it to give it kind of just a different feel um, and just I don't know. How creative! What a yeah. what a cool thing to do for for a show where you don't need to go that extra mile to give like a good percussion sound, but just knowing that like part of the plane played into the actual sound that you're hearing uh, when they're running around the wreckage and all of that stuff is just it, it it shows that they were really wanting to go the extra mile to make this just really really good TV. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah the 
the music is something we'll we'll definitely have to talk about throughout this whole podcast but for but sure yeah. yep it, it really ups the tension ups the just the drama of the show and yeah it, it it's moving too it's just like mm, mm. it gets you right in your gut it's the emotional core of the show so definitely, definitely. all right well do we want to just jump into um, unless you had anything else about the background, we can jump into actually going through the show here. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing that I uh, thought was <laughs> was funny uh, or noteworthy uh, in watching some of the behind the scenes stuff recently was um, I know that well, I know that um, I guess this is this is a really noteworthy thing when when the scripts when the initial scripts. Uh, I forget who wrote the first draft, but it went through several versions. They wrote a script that they brought to J.J. Abrams, um, and he basically read it and said uh, he was busy with other projects at the time and stuff, and he was like, I don't really want to do a show about people on an island, Mm -hmm. but if we could somehow make the island itself a character... Um, and make something about it mysterious and maybe there's a monster and maybe there's other people on the island like all of this stuff he was like if we can make it a mysterious strange island then i'm in um you know if we can do that then that's what i want to do um and i think they at that point he was like but i i really don't have time to devote a lot of time to this right now um I think at that point they brought uh, the script to Damon Lindelof, who some mm-hmm. of the people who were working on Lost had known from other projects. And they said, like, would you take a look at this script and then meet with J.J. Abrams and talk about it? And at that point he was like, are you serious? You know, J.J. Abrams, I get to talk to that guy from Alias mm-hmm. and, and whatever mm-hmm. else he was at that point. And, mm-hmm. um, and when the two of them met, they both came together. Damon Lindelof had the same idea that if we can make the island itself something, you know, mysterious or just add some other, like if the setting is a character, then that will be a show worthy of us, you know, doing and doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like they, the two of them met and, and with a couple of their executives and everything and, I guess like in 20 minutes of that meeting, they were like, they had already planned out like there's going to be a monster and there's going to be all this uh, (laughs) wild stuff on the island. Um, And it's just cool to know that there was, it's fun to see uh, the interviews of them in the early days of the show, just being excited about this world of possibilities. If we put a bunch of strangers on an island um, and the island itself is also a character, Mm-hmm. There's a world of possibilities. And I think that's part of the draw of mm-hmm. Lost and why it's fun to go back to because there's so many possibilities with mm-hmm. what they initially did of a show. Um, and of course, I love what they did with it. But um, just going back to the pilot, it's fun to think of they had this blank slate of there's this weird island that mm-hmm. all these people showed up on. What happens next? You know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. that that's all the that's all the background i can i can think of that i've seen that that's noteworthy at this point in the in the series but um yeah jj abrams damon lindelof it's it's fun to think of them just being like what if we did this and then they did it you know Mm -hmm. 
kind of sounds like the way I am. This might not be accurate, but you know, as I'm JJ Abrams, you know, you always hear about JJ Abrams started loss. He, it's sort of kind of this marriage between this brilliant marriage between uh, JJ, who had the idea for the creating the world of loss, creating this Island. And then at the core of, you know, probably maybe the original idea, they you have this character driven show. So it's sort of like this sci-fi fantasy sort of Island meets, you know, a very grounded character study. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it, it's, it's sort of this, brilliant marriage because it's that you've got the fun of the island plus really the emotional um power of these characters and you really identify with them and i think that's what makes the show work kind of that combination so thanks Mm -hmm. jj for because i mean i think it would have worked if you hadn't had it might have worked if you hadn't had the magical island i don't know think of these characters i i enjoy them so much that i'd like to think they would work no matter what Mm -hmm. but the island took it to the next level. I mean, so thanks, oh, JJ. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You the real MVP. Just <laughs> like Lloyd. There's two. M- Wait, hold on. There can't be two MVPs. I JJ understand. and Lloyd. JJ and Lloyd. They'll have to fight. They'll have to fight. They have to fight for the MVP. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. If no more background, how about we jump into this? this year episode um pilot part one just can kind of go through beat by beat here and uh, talk about so much to talk about and of course we can just start off with that opening which as we've already established it's it's i mean jack waking up in the jungle runs out sees the plane crash runs in um it's just that that just such a energetic opening and it says mm-hmm. so much without saying anything, which I think is also brilliant. Um, they establish so much without, I mean, the, the first line of dialogue doesn't happen until, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention, but I'd imagine it's probably like five minutes in or, or four minutes in there or something where yeah. finally someone when, says something. Yeah, when so. I was when I was taking notes, rewatching it, uh, something I wrote down was uh, for that first scene, um, this is that whole first opening scene is like visual exposition mm-hmm. uh, at, at its best because yeah. they're, they're not like, imagine, uh, imagine someone watching lost, not knowing what the plot is, you know, mm-hmm. if they just somehow stumbled upon this series um, without knowing what it was going to be. Um, they, they, they save the reveal of the plane itself as long as they possibly could in that scene. Um, and just seeing Jack wake up, he's got a bottle of um, alcohol. I forget what it is. Tequila yeah. or something like in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up, he's confused. Yeah. He's in the jungle. He's got blood on his shirt. There's mm-hmm. a dog. There's, There's a, a dog. shoe on yeah. a tree, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff until he gets to the beach. And even at that point you hear someone screaming before they pan over and see any people yeah like the whole time it's just like uh visually you're experiencing this world with this guy until finally there's the reveal of that giant plane wing you know after you've seen people running around and screaming and stuff yeah it's yeah it was just such a cool way to reveal this world that we're in now it's so memorable like your point i mean you had me if i hadn't just watched the episode and you'd ask me 
how does the opening of Lost go? Like the first episode, like the first scene, I could, you know, I could give you all those details. He wakes mm-hmm. up, he has a bottle, there's a dog, there's a shoe in the tree. Um, it, it, it's just, I, I just go back to that again and again. The fact that the show, they, they took the time to make that so opening so memorable no other show does that. What other show has, I mean, maybe you watch more TV than I do. Maybe there's another, but is there another pilot that you can think of that's as memorable as that? None that I can think of where it's just, uh, as, as just memorable getting through the, especially the opening scene. I don't know if I can think of anything else that has as great of a, just, uh, introduction to the world of, of, the show that you're about to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of shows will get through, get in their pilot. Um, in the first few scenes, you're kind of seeing who the characters are and all that stuff. And then by the end of the episode, they've brought all the characters together in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way they establish how they're going to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think of um, just off the top of my head, like the West Wing did it. Uh, Community does it. Um, I feel like 30 Rock did that too, where they bring yeah. all the characters together by the end of the episode. Just so many shows do that thing where they have to get everyone together and then say, all right, we're a team now, or we're a group of people, you know? Um, and Lost instead had this uh, amazing opening, uh, action-filled, high stakes, but it was also telling you in all of those scenes where Jack is looking around and seeing all these different characters, they're really setting up mm-hmm. the stories of all of those people yeah. in, in very efficient ways. Yeah. In ways that don't feel like, um, like, uh, Jack doesn't run up to, um, Claire and say, I'm a doctor and all of this stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's not really clear all of this, mm-hmm. uh, all of their backgrounds, but you know what you need to know going forward without them clearly stating you know my name is claire and i'm pregnant and here's my background and so you just you know uh, so much about the characters without them actually saying anything yet yeah um yeah I'm glad you brought that up because yeah that it that's what i love watching that scene where jack's going through and then there's you got jen yelling for son you got michael yelling for walt you got charlie just kind of walking out there and in the, in the wreckage looking completely out of out of sorts mm-hmm. um just there's so many like i mean his interaction with hurley is um i it just says so much about hurley and that so little is like oh you gotta be kidding me that, <laughs> that, that sort of thing where he's just this you know it, it it does a great job of establishing i mean the the bulk of this episode really is focused on jack mm-hmm. and kate but i mean you're getting everyone else kind of in there piece by they had a lot of faith in you know we'll, we'll sprinkle in a little bit of these other characters and they will grow but um mm-hmm. so i think they did a good job of that there uh, i can't think of there were so many examples throughout this episode whenever they cut to the um you know getting you know getting a little bit ahead but uh, anytime mm-hmm. they do cut to the characters um you know aside from jack and kate who are yeah like are kind of the focus of the episode um when you when you cut away to Jin and Sun, um, mm-hmm. Jin is telling her how she is to act. Yeah. And it's not saying, you know, I am 
I'm a mean husband, you know, like, or anything like that. It's just kind of establishing like, oh, there's, there's kind of a, uh, a bad element to this. Like she seems unhappy there. Um, they, mm-hmm. they establish, um, like, I love the way that Walt, when they hear the noise in the, in the woods says, do you think that was Vincent? And they don't explain, uh, you know, Michael doesn't say, oh no, your dog wouldn't make that noise. He says something along the lines of like, that's not Vincent, man. And, you know, we don't learn technically until I think the next episode or or later on that, oh, he's talking about his dog who he's lost. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just kind of clever. Like, of course, the kid is concerned about his pet, but you're not you're not totally sure what he means by was that Vincent until Mm -hmm. later. And they they don't. I just love the fact that the exposition throughout the episode is mostly a lot of it is visual, but a lot of it is just telling you who the characters are without, you know, blatantly saying this was my job and this was what I did in a past life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the most effective of those, my favorite of those, because like, it seems like almost every character has one of those moments in the, in the, in the pilot there, but my favorite two and these just kind of two of my favorite characters, but Rose sitting on the island, kissing the ring. That that, that just that shot right there. That and they didn't even introduce the fact that she had a husband tell the flashback. I think that was before, maybe. I think so. Because No, they, yeah, yeah, she kisses the ring before you see the flashback. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that conveys so much in that one shot. And you just like that's that, that's just an intriguing shot. Um that's going you like, I want to know more about her. Ugh. And then the best one is Locke just sitting on the beach in the rain, mm-hmm. putting his hands out. Um, they don't do Locke is, I don't think Locke, I mean, Locke doesn't get maybe one or two lines in the pilot. Um, of course, he actually has two great moments, the, the him in the rain and then him smiling with the orange at Kate. No, of course. Um, which, yep. It conveys two things about his character right there in a shot. One is that, you know, this guy, okay, obviously this guy, he he feels free for some reason he feels liberal he you know he his soul is he's he's joyful in the midst of everyone else just panicking and you're going okay what's with this guy and then him smiling with the orange conveys that you know maybe there's you know this guy's kind of this guy's different what what's going on with him he's he's there's a wisdom to lock that it conveys in that where he's not panicking where everyone else is panicking um and you're just kind of and of course you find out later why, but uh, I think mm-hmm. I love that, that moment too. Um, but I think the, the best uh, lock was the best little one, but uh, going back to where we're talking about with Jack in the opening, mm-hmm. um, what I loved about that opening um, you, you, it, it's, I would call this how to create a likable lead one oh one. It's oh, Jack. Yeah. He wakes up in the jungle. He runs out. He runs into the midst of the chaos. He stands there for a second. And I think you're, you're in his shoes now. You're seeing all this going on around you. You're seeing how other people are, are reacting. You're seeing how Jin is yelling for Sun. You're seeing how Michael's yelling for Walt. Charlie's just completely confused. People are all just do, going about trying to you know save themselves, basically, or trying to just get a bearing. Jack looks at all this. And then he acts. He looks, and then he he jumps into action, save the guy under the the wreckage. And then he looks, and he sees Claire, and he goes to save her. And he looks to see Rose, and goes to save her. 
immediately you're like, okay, this is the type of guy who runs into the burning wreckage. And you, you automatically, I mean, it, he doesn't have to say a line. Um, you just, you're automatically like this guy. Yeah. This guy is a leader. This guy, you mm-hmm. like him. Um, it, it, and I think that's key for the show. I mean, they establish it right away. And um, I think that, that really, I mean, uh, I know um, another bit of background. I remember they said that originally JJ and Damon were planning on killing off Jack in the first episode. Mm-hmm, like That's because, right. Yeah. They, they were planning on him being the one in the tree at the end instead of the pilot. Um, and just to kind of mess with the viewers again, I'm like, it, I'm, if they had done that, what a waste of you've established just a perfect lead. And then to, <laughs> yep. I can't imagine if they'd actually done that. But yeah, it, it establishes so much about Jack in that one moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I basically uh, I agree. I mean, just seeing um, the way that they set up Jack uh, at the beginning, you know, right, right away, he, you just are in his shoes from the start, like you were saying that mm-hmm. um, he, uh, in a way, as an audience member, you're just um, like following him throughout that whole scene and the way they um, show his interactions with each character tells so much about him, mm-hmm. but it's also setting up um, all of those characters um, yeah. and their storylines. Yeah, um, they created a really good uh, contrast with Boone. I thought I love the way they set Boone up because it, it's both kind of funny, yeah. but also, you know, like the, any like funny moments in the episode also feel still kind of tragic mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's a very unfortunate, mm-hmm. obviously a very heartbreaking situation. You know, it's a plane crash. Um, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that Jack keeps looking over at Boone while he's trying to help Claire um, because he realizes that Boone is doing CPR wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, why does he keep looking over at that guy? And then eventually he runs over and he says, you're doing it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Sets up Boone in, in a way of, you know, like he wants to help people, but he's not exactly the, the brightest guy, you know, like he, yeah. he might not, <laughs> he might not know what to do, but he wants to help, you know? Yeah. Boone is Jack if Jack didn't know anything exactly yeah yeah it it, it, it's brilliant because it emphasizes jack's competence you know it it, it's it adds Mm -hmm. to that you know jack is jack knows what he's doing boone boone has the spirit too he he wants to help but uh jack has that extra level of knowing (laughs) what he's doing so i think that yeah and jack can handle a situation where there is a person like that because Boone suggests the pen thing and he's like, good idea. Go find me a pen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then Boone comes back later and he wasn't sure which pen would work. Um, (laughs) It's just adorable. It's like, Oh, Boone, you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're doing your best buddy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You tried. Yeah. So I guess that brings us, you know, we've come kind of come through that beautiful, that amazing intro Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives us that lull afterwards, which I think is brilliant. It, it, you know, it, it builds it up with everything going on. And then finally the wing falls. And then, you know, you get that little lull there, which is, I think, really well built into the episode where you're kind of like, okay, we're kind of getting settled in now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then it brings us to that scene with Jack and Kate, the um, count to five scene, which is for my money, that's lost Emmy up Emmy, Emmy clip. If, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the, that scene tells you so much about both of the characters. Um, I mean, especially Jack, like they're they're really, that's the scene where they're throughout the rest of the episode. You're just kind of like, all right, Jack is a competent guy. He's a doctor. Mm -hmm. He's mm-hmm. here to help, you know, he, he's the guy we're following. But in that scene, you, it, it's brilliantly written uh, and amazingly acted uh, by Matthew Fox in that scene that he just does a phenomenal job. But it's not only a scene where you realize like, oh, this guy, um, you know, is, is really intense and can get through the hard things, mm-hmm. you know, when, when he realizes, Oh, I just need to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let the fear in yeah. um, all of that. It's, it tells you so much about his character. Like he's just gonna, he's gonna move forward no matter mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. but it also in a weird way, I don't think I'd noticed this um, in previous watches of the series, but what struck me most this time watching it, is that when Jack is counting to five, like the fact that he's telling her this story and the way he counts to five, you almost wonder like, is this guy nuts a little bit? You know, (laughs) he's, he's so intense about it. And he's like, I just counted to five. And the way he tells the story, it's like very moving and very inspirational. But you're also wondering is, does this guy, could this guy get a little unhinged at some point? Just Mm -hmm. something about the way he acted that scene to me feels like if I was Kate, I'd be a little bit nervous about this guy for some reason. I don't know. You know? Um, Yeah. He's a guy who's seen some stuff is what it feels like. Yeah. It, this is, um, I think this is a perfect. So the opening scene establishes Jack as like the superhero almost he's he's going and he's doing all this stuff he's saving everyone and you're like okay this guy is superman basically Mm -hmm. but i think this scene is brilliant because it it cuts against that it might not seem like like you're saying the the, the, he's telling this brave the story about how he let the fear in and then how he stitched it up and everything was fine um but there's it it shows you kind of the flaw of jack in that he's um for the first thing to notice about the scene, and I noticed this back when I was taking the notes back when I was doing this, is that he was going to fix himself. He was going to try to stitch himself up. Why is he going uh, off by himself? He's going off mm-hmm. by himself to try to stitch up a wound, which he knows very well he can't stitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Kate hadn't shown up, what what would what would he have done? I mean, right. would he have tried to? Act? I I have a feeling Jack would have tried to stitch himself up. Um, because that's just the type of guy he is. He's very self-possessed. He's like, I can do it on my own, that sort of thing. And then, um, so that, that part of it where he's trying to fix himself up and also the fact that, um, he, you know, he's telling Kate the story about how he did this on his own. He, he gritted his teeth. He gutted through it. You know, the thing burst apart. It was all him, him alone. He's doing this. He lets the fear in. And I think that, and, you know, 
that, that, that points to the central flaw of Jack. And if we can get into a little bit of, and as we talked about before, there we're going to be talking about this in the broader context of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later in the show, much later, I think it's like season five finale. I think you're we, right. Yeah. We find, uh, we have a flashback where Jack, it might have been the season five finale, where mm-hmm. Jack, we cut to that, we see that scene. Jack's doing it. And he's not the one who comes up with the idea to count to five. It's his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the story, he tells to Kate, he says it was me, uh, which right. I think is, it points to the fact that Jack, he doesn't want anyone's help. He just wants to to be um, completely competent on his own, which mm-hmm. he can be. But I think this, this scene points to the fact that, eh, you know, there's a there's a flaw in Jack and it's mm-hmm. explored more as the, the series goes on. So. And yeah, I mean, and you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, yep, spoilers for for the whole series, all that stuff we're talking about the whole the whole show, but in the uh one line that uh I remembered as I was watching the opening scene of Lost and I was reminded of it in the same way uh you were that like Jack is trying to do everything on his own. Mm-hmm. Um the line uh in the finale, uh if I'm remembering right, uh when Jack is talking to his dad uh they're having that moment in the church and all of that mm-hmm. stuff one of the lines his dad says is mm-hmm. nobody does it alone yeah um and that is like right before the very last scene of the series his father telling him that nobody does it alone the the first line of dialogue that jack has i don't remember it, it exactly but it's when he's he sees the guy who's trapped Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks someone, give me a hand with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that he had to, that I, I, I'm sure it wasn't planned, but the idea that the beginning, the first thing we hear him say is asking for someone else to give him a hand so that he can save someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he's a guy who's still struggling with that idea. I mean, that's, that's a central struggle of Jack that, mm-hmm. um, that he can, he's self-reliant. Um, he, he's the guy who goes off into the jungle to try and stitch up his own back. Yeah. Um, but the, just that line, I was just reminded of it. Uh, nobody does it alone. Um, mm-hmm. And yet he's going to spend so much time trying to do things in his own mm-hmm. strength on, on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just a very, very interesting thing. Uh, being Knowing where it goes in the end. Uh, seeing it at the beginning uh, gives it a little bit of a different feel. Yep. So, I mean, even in the pilot, they were establishing this thing that's going to, and they kept the arc throughout the series. So I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also, uh, throughout the pilot, you also see it in the fact that, and this is the trope that runs through, of course, the whole show. Kate says, I want to go with you to you know help with the, mm-hmm. And he says, no, I don't want you to come. And there's that of whole, course. <laughs> which of course brings us to Kate, which is also a huge, a great part of this scene is Kate mm-hmm. um, helping him stitch up Evangeline Lilly. Brilliant performance. I, I mean, very believable. Oh in yeah. How she, you know, this guy's asking me to stitch up his back. I was just <laughs> in a plane crash. It's like, yes, that's exactly how you'd act during uh-huh. that. But um, I think there's, uh, it's, it, 
interesting how Jack, you know, she says, I don't think I can do this. And Jack says, no, I know you can. Mm -hmm. I think sort of kind of starts to establish that, that relationship where Jack, Jack sees the good in Kate. Kate doesn't, you know, necessarily believe in it herself. And then I think the brilliant line in the scene is that Kate says, if that, you know, Jack tells the story and then Kate says, if that had been me, I think I would have run for the door, which Kate runs. That's, Mm -hmm. that's just started right there. And then Jack says, no, I don't think you would. You're not running now. Um, Which it's Kate. um, And we see this throughout the whole episode, this episode in particular, I think they do a great job of, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of a glimpse. We don't know anything about Kate, but we do know that she, she struggles with running away versus, you know, going and committing where, where Jack runs right in Kate, you know, is a little hesitant. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so it's, it's an interesting thing we explore there, but uh, great scene. Any other thoughts on this scene? I, yeah. I just love, I mean, yeah, it's the, it's an Emmy scene for both of them. Uh, Matthew Fox, Evangeline Lilly, like the, the way they, they work together in that scene is so good. Um, and yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite exchanges and in the episode probably um the way she says you know i i'd be running for the door and he says i don't think so yet you're not running now Mm -hmm. is just such so well put but it also like when you've watched the rest of the series and know kate's background it's Mm -hmm. just such a poignant line uh Mm -hmm. so so well put and uh like so many other things that we've already talked about um they're setting something up so that um when you learn more about these characters those lines will have added weight yeah um the the things you saw them doing in this episode will make a lot more sense later mm-hmm. um and that's just really really well cla- crafted story um one yeah. of the things that we've talked about that we're just excited about with looking at lost is just lost was just a great show at telling stories the just mm-hmm. the way that they did all of this stuff um it's well written but also just the the story arcs of each character are set up set in motion in this episode so brilliantly yeah it's great at telling stories and the reason i think it's great at telling stories is it's great at creating tension mm-hmm. um where it creates a tension we saw it right here right in the first like 10 minutes of the show they create the tension between jack as this hero but also as you know like you're saying you're questioning is he a little unhinged is he Mm -hmm. tragically flawed because he's too much of a you know superman you know uh bruce willis and diehard type of character where he's gonna (laughs) make everything work um so it's a great tension because and it's great that's what makes these characters last is because there's two sides of them and they're kind of in conflict with each other. And you're, you're kind of along with the long for the ride and exploring both of those sides. Um, that's what I think lost is fantastic at. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And setting up tension, I mean the, or creating tension and, and the way it is um, expressed throughout the series. I mean, one of the best examples of that right away is the monster throughout this yeah, episode. Yeah we're just kind of like wait so there's you know i mean watching it for the first time wait so there's something else already on this island mm-hmm. um what a what a good way to set up 
um, that the island itself is going to play a part in this series in such a such a big way. It's not just that uh, it's not just Gilligan's Island or Castaway where all you know these people are going to have to deal with each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a strange noise that sounds familiar to some people for some reason. Um, you know they they can't tell what kind of creature would have made that noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, just such a such a classic J.J. Abrams move to, you know, just place this big mystery front and center right away um, mm. and give you only a little detail about it. Just this noise that it makes. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, that. Yeah, the, the monster is just it's <clears throat> piquing your curiosity in a perfect way. Um, that kind of really, as we're going through the episode, that you know that that brings us to that portion where you know have, you have the monster, you have kind of a lot of character um, moments, as we already kind of talked about with Jin and Son interacting, mm-hmm. and we have uh, Michael and Walt. You have, um, I think, one of my favorite moments. Um, it, it says a lot about character. Um, is Hurley and Claire sitting down at, by the fire, um, and Hurley asking about any baby stuff, Claire saying she's fine, and then Hurley giving her the second, um, the second dinner. Um, that's how to create a likable character 101 right there. <laughs> that's Hurley. I mean, come on. Hurley, Hurley is on screen for such a small amount of time in this episode, and it is easy for anyone to watch like it, it is you're drawn to him as your favorite character i feel like right away because he's just so likable in mm-hmm. what little screen time he has um and what a what just a sweet little scene for mm-hmm. him uh you know they show him gathering a bunch of dinners and stuff mm-hmm. and distributing them and uh we get to see him return to claire after their initial meeting um and the fact that he you know is just like okay that was a fine interaction and then his hand reaches down and gives her an extra dinner because he wants to make sure she's okay that the baby has you know food or whatever you know like that that they're okay um what a sweet way to introduce such a good likable character uh Mm -hmm. i love hurley it's it's fun to he's one of those where when you haven't watched the show in a while and you return to it it's like yeah, you're you're getting that friend back in in such a fun character, mm-hmm. um, at, as him. Yeah, and I think he, you can mistake Hurley for just the comic relief on the show, just mm-hmm. the funny the funny guy. Um, Hurley's Hurley is sort of the the very necessary counterweight to you know you got Jack's intensity, you got Hurley who's sort of the 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 point of sanity in the show, the nourish, the, 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 the caretaker in a way, in a way, you know, he's taking mm-hmm. care of everyone in so many different ways throughout the show, specifically here, brilliantly established that he's the guy who takes care of all the food right away. Just mm-hmm. hands out to people. Um, you need Hurley, Hurley, Hurley. If you don't have Hurley on lost for obvious reasons later, of course, in the show, but if you don't have Hurley lost becomes way too intense. I think um, you need that counterweight, um not just comic relief but really something good for the soul about hurley i think so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so, definitely yeah so yeah we go through all those character moments um we see the monster 
Um, we have the scene where they're in the morning. Another great Hurley moment where the B O D Y S. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> which I think is, yeah, that's, and of course, Walt when he knows how to spell. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that um, really cool scene. It, it, it really, it, it seems like almost kind of could be a throwaway scene where it's just kind of exposition. But there's there's a few moments in there like um, where Jack. One thing I hadn't noticed before, but Jack. Um, he trusts Boone to take care of all the people before he goes off. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's interesting that Jack is, you know, Jack, even though he knows Boone is not maybe necessarily as competent as him, he he, I think he kind of recognizes that he has the same sort of spark in him that uh, mm-hmm. Jack does. Um, so just kind of a cool moment there. Yeah, uh, it it almost feels like uh, in that moment uh, that was something I hadn't thought of in the past either or or maybe just like never noticed that jack like gives boone some responsibility before heading out Mm -hmm. um it it feels like a little bit of uh in that in this whole episode jack's interactions with boone are setting up almost like a mentor mentee like type of relationship almost you know like he's Mm -hmm. uh boone is trying to help but jack knows he's doing it wrong so he steps in Mm-hmm. And then later, Jack recognizes, oh, someone needs to do something. This is a job that Boone could handle. You know, yeah. like, Boone can handle this. Um, I'll uh, make sure I affirm him and give that off to him, you know, um, yeah. which is just kind of a interesting element. You know, I haven't haven't seen the show in a little while, so all of the details of their character interactions from this point on are not coming to mind as, as quickly. But um, it's just, it sets up the character's it shows a little bit about both of the characters in an interesting way right away. Yeah. I think it, it, you bring up an interesting point. And I hadn't thought about this, but you know, Jack is interacting a lot with Boone and the, they're in the pilot, you know, they have that maybe the idea that maybe they could be mentor mentee. Of mm-hmm. course we know who winds up becoming his mentor is Locke. That's true. Uh, That's interesting. Um, which I think is uh, Boone is clearly looking for guidance. Um, he doesn't, and I don't know if the writers intended this or not, but the, the, he doesn't wind up getting it from Jack. He winds up getting it from Locke. And maybe that's a, a symptom of Jack's, you know, Jack's too much of an individualist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's too much of a on his own sort of thing. Um, and uh, Boone and Locke had more of a relational um, versus Jack. So we'll get into that more as we go, Locke and Boone. But uh, it's just kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool to see to think of already um yeah, there that's a way to show contrast between Jack and Locke uh as the story as the show progresses. Um because mm-hmm. there will be so many ways we see those two compared throughout. But yeah. Mhm. All right. So that brings us um to the first and only flashback of the episode. Um we see um jack on the plane with the stewardess that that scene that uh um very memorable well they did it again they kind of do it again later in the show but yeah um, uh i think this is notable really because i i think having flashbacks is sort of a game changer in the in the show um mm-hmm. I, 
I think if you're watching this for the first time and suddenly, oh, okay, we're going to get to see him before the island too. I think that that really adds a little aspect to it. Um, but uh, any any thoughts on this this scene we get to see here with Jack and? I think the, uh, yeah, the main main thing I think of it is I love that they, I love the way that scene um, is not just about Jack. But it also sets up Rose, yeah. and you also see Charlie there for a split second, and they, you know, as he's passing him by, and then a few other people are following him up the aisle, and just like the fact that they were already, they had so many characters to deal with, mm-hmm. but they were already figuring out how to link them all together and set up something that would happen later on, mm-hmm. uh, or ex- they would explain something later on, uh, like why why did Charlie push past him uh, mm-hmm. right there? Um, mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just the way they were already crafting this interwoven, um, just huge cast of people figuring out how to fit all their stories together. It's, it's just mm-hmm. cool to see them start setting that up there. Yeah. And kind of a sweet, sweet moment between Jack and Rose, you know, Ugh. I'll, I'll stay with you until he comes back. What a good leading guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's a nice guy. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, so then we come back to the island and now um so we have them going um to the cockpit um traipsing through the jungle. We get that moment between uh Kate and Charlie mm-hmm. uh, with the drive shaft thing which nicely setting up Charlie's character. Um yeah, even the just I love the dialogue where she says you were in drive shaft and he's like i am in drive shaft yeah you know just mm-hmm. speaking so much to like oh he's kind of a he's kind of a has-been maybe you know who's still living the dream you know that mm-hmm. he that he is still a part of this rock band even yeah. as he's on an island you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i just love the moment when kate they asked jack if he's heard of drive shaft no, having none of that <laughs> just, just a, guys we gotta keep moving <laughs> jack's no nonsense we got to get to the cockpit yeah <laughs> yeah it's tremendous and yeah then walking through the jungle um getting to that cockpit um i think that's a really cool set piece um, once they get there oh, with yeah. how it's angled um i think can you imagine having to climb up that with uh, just all the corpses inside it and just, uh, yeah, the look on Charlie's face when they get there is perfect. It's like, that's yeah, it's, we're going to go in there. Yep. Yep. We are. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, I love, you know, just talking about earlier talking about, they went the extra mile and in making the series. I mean, they, they put like the front of a plane, you know, like the set piece of a plane in the jungle so that they could film it there, you know, like, just they could have made it a little bit easier on themselves but they really just went for it and had the plane in pieces throughout the island and have it actually be this big set piece um yeah and and yeah the fact that it's at an angle it can't be easy and it's pouring rain so it's really grim already Mm -hmm. um all contributes to making some some moments in this scene really scary you know when they when he breaks through the door to get to the cockpit and the body comes out. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when the, when the monster shows up, just it, 
they're really kind of setting up what what could have felt like a horror series you know i mean there's a monster on this island (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's terrifying it's creepy but uh yeah um yeah, they get up into that cockpit. They're going to find the transceiver. And then who should show up in the cockpit but that guy from Heroes. Yep, that guy that J.J. <laughs> Abrams loves to throw in his movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to love that guy. I can't remember the actor's name, but yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, he did a good job. Great. He does a good job as the pilot. And given the whole exp- given the explanation that they were a thousand miles off course. And now, I mean, establishing that and you're like, oh, wow, OK. They might be here for a while, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I think is effective. And but then, can you imagine being that pilot, and then all of a sudden the monster's there? He's <laughs> like, "What the heck is it?" And they're just no one's telling him anything. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> that poor guy. He wakes up. There's people in the cockpit. We've been uh, we've been here for 16 hours, and no one's showed up. A bunch of people died, and there's a monster. You know, I mean, yeah. what a <laughs> that guy went through so much in like five minutes what what a what a poor guy (laughs) was he lucky to survive the crash we can debate that (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) he yeah yeah, but he he lived just long enough to give us the exposition we would need so that uh for many episodes following this and previously on lost they could play him saying we're a thousand miles off course they're looking for us in the wrong place (laughs) Uh-huh, exactly. He <laughs> served his purpose beautifully. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have that moment where Kate uh, goes to find Charlie, and he comes out of the bathroom, and we're like, "What? what's going on there? And we get mm-hmm. a little glimpse into, wait, why was Charlie coming along with them? Which, um, I Which, don't know if we want to go into that right now, but yeah. I forgot that he, you know, when, when he says, I... I'd love to come with you. I, I can't really stand still or whatever. Love to stretch my legs or whatever. I mm-hmm. absolutely forgot that he actually had a motive to go with yeah. him. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's so well done that even though I know the character and I know that whole storyline, I forgot until he was in the bathroom. And I was like, Oh, yep. He, yep. he has a problem. <laughs> yep. They establish, I think this is a really good glimpse of Charlie's character at the start of his, you know, we know how Charlie winds up um, Mm -hmm. heroic. He starts out very, he starts out very selfish looking for, you know, the only reason he's going is his drugs. Then the monster attacks, then he runs away. Then he, he runs into Kate and he's like, we just got to go. We got to go. He's going to leave Jack behind. It's, it's very, um, they establish him, you know, he's, he's sort of a kind of a scumbag at a little bit there at the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's funny, you know, they have the comic relief there, but you get that as you discover more and more. You discover in pilot part two, of course, um, Charlie's he's got he's got ways to go. A lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of growing to do. So, yeah. That up top. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about in this podcast a lot about how the ending of the series like it like we both really like it and feel like it was worthwhile. And while a lot of people are upset about answers that were not given uh, to some of the mysteries and stuff. I mean, you can't deny from the very beginning, we're talking so much about just these characters and how they're setting up these story arcs and the way that they will interact with each other throughout the series. Um, I just love um, the fact that they, 
they are they're all beginning at point A here in this episode, and we when we know where they end up, uh, it makes it so much more interesting. It's just so cool mm-hmm. to see um, character development at this very beginning stage. You know, we know where they're at now, um, but they get taken on such a journey and grow and change uh, for some better, for some worse, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting to see Charlie knowing where he ends up here being, yeah, kind of kind of terrible because of, you know, he's only going to get his drugs and then once there's danger, he's going to leave Jack for dead, you know? Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. by the end of his story, he's completely different. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. There's also the point he keeps pointing out, which is that Jack and Kate seem very obsessed with Jack and Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> Charlie. <laughs> but uh, it, it brings up a point, you know, we, that the monster, of course, attacks. They run out of the cockpit. Kate runs away. Uh, they're all running. And uh, um, Kate, when, um, well, first, you know, we get that amazing scene where the brilliant storytelling where they introduce the one, two, three, four, five at the beginning. And yeah. then they have her count. She takes Jack's advice and counts to five there in the middle of the jungle. Um which is, I think it's a reflection on the fact that she's very taken with Jack for some reason. Something about mm-hmm. Jack draws her to him. Um, I think my theory on Kate with Jack is, um, as we it goes, we can talk about it more as we get into her flashbacks, but it's with her father, or mm-hmm. her not, not her real father, but, you know, her military dad, basically. Um, I think he reminds her of him. And I think there's something about his his strength that she it draws her to him, and she wants that more for herself. So she counts to five there, where you know, normally maybe she'd be more fearful and just run away as Kate does. Mm-hmm. Um, but she counts to five, then she runs into Charlie, and then Charlie says Jack's still back there, and she says, "Well, we have to go back for him." Mm-hmm. Where you know, normally she might run for the door, um, right? I don't know. What do you, what do you, do you have any thoughts on what you think draws Kate to Jack or draws cat to maybe what draws Jack to Kate? I don't know. It's interesting in this first episode. We kind of, well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they're drawn to each other. Um, and especially because basically right away, Jack, you know, like we were talking about earlier, he sees this woman come out of the jungle and he says, no, you can do this. You know, I believe in you. (laughs) Um, and he has no reason to, um at that moment but um yeah it's just it's cool to see um those characters just interacting with each other right off the bat for some reason are drawn to each other um and don't care about charlie when they're (laughs) in danger (laughs) poor charlie um yeah yeah i think it i think it's just interesting to see them at the at the very beginning of you know their journey um and especially because right away after this jack is gonna learn like oh maybe i maybe there's a lot about this girl i don't know <laughs> you know yeah mm-hmm. um but uh yeah the way they they set that up in this episode is is fun to see for sure yeah i love the tension they set up between jack and kate especially when sawyer comes in later mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a you know people will say it's just a, you know it's the typical um love triangle with a show but I think I think there's something more to it. I think there's something sort of almost uh, just it says not a lot about a person when you look at those three people the way 
Jack, Sawyer, and Kate are. It's a it's an interesting triangle, but Definitely. that will get there. Yeah. Yep. So really, that brings us to the end of the episode, where you know we get the it's the first of many lost endings that uh, with the boom boom, you know. Mm-hmm. Lost has basically two modes of ending an episode. <laughs> it's very pleasant, or it's just devastatingly shocking. Um, <laughs> Every then, now and then we'll get an episode where you're like, oh, all right, okay. Yeah. But a lot of episodes, it's like, wow, can you believe what just happened? You know? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a more unsettling image to end an episode on than they look up at the pilot and <laughs> a bloody uh, corpse ooh. in a tree. <laughs> Oh boy, the monster got him good, and uh, yeah, yeah, just... and immediately, I mean, it it's a terrifying image to end on, but it also sets you up. It it's terrifying because it's not like, you know, it's not like a half-eaten body or something like you know a monster that devoured this guy. It's just it just straight up killed him and put him in a tree. You know, yeah. like what is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly brilliant um just unsettling but it also makes you like okay this show is crazy i want to watch mm-hmm. more i think that they effectively i mean it's pilot part one i i think you know i like to think of the pilot almost as a whole episode this really isn't sort of we're halfway through of, this isn't the way i think of the pilot ending which is how pilot part two ends is typically mm-hmm. how i think of it ending but still i think it's a it's a good way to end this first half of the episode on a sort of a Okay, this is crazy. Here we go. We're in for the ride. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's pilot part one, unless you have any other any other takeaways you wanted to go over from the episode. Oh, I did. Uh, so we, we need to, there are some things that I think we need to pay attention to as we, as we watch the series. Uh, important details we need to probably keep a tally of. Uh-huh. Um, and one that is very important that we'll be able to definitely keep track of is um, Michael yelled Walt twice (laughs) in this episode. (laughs) So um, I'm going to keep track of that uh, as we go through. We'll keep a running tally to see how many times I'm sure someone's already done this, but uh, for my own enjoyment, uh, anytime he exclaims the name Walt, I'm going to going to take a tally. So twice, twice so far. Get that Walt tally going. It'll be fun. We'll keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be plenty of those. Like, yeah, a lot of different. <laughs> I mean, we should re- mention that we did watch the Honest trailer where they have all these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think in they that they had they had a super cut of him saying, he's my son, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's my son. That's right. So we'll do the Walt tally. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good times, good times here on See You in Another Life, Brothers, um, the podcast where we watch Lost. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this first episode. We will be back um, some at some point when, I don't know when we're going to be releasing these, but next week, next episode, we'll go through Pilot Part 2. It's going to be a fun one. Well, Andy, thanks for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. Always, always love talking about Lost. Definitely with you. So excited yes. to do it next week. Yes. And until then, we will see you in another episode, brothers. Um, talk to you later. Mm, bye. Bye.